right here, okay? So last week we talked about save and delete, all those things we need to delete, get out of our life and those kinds of things and some things to save. But man, we spend a lot more time talking about the deleting things, don't we? I don't know why it is, but human beings, for some reason, we're kind of negative, you know, sometimes, you know? Like when I was growing up, it's not as bad, and I hope it's not this way around 2911 if anybody asks you, but when I was growing up, if somebody asked you, well, what does your church believe? We had a list of things we don't do, places we don't go, things we don't say, and we had all the don'ts, don't, down, man. We knew them all. We didn't know many of the do's, you know? We just knew the negative stuff, right? And that's the way we are. Think about, you know, just, just like resolutions. Yeah, the resolutions we make, they're like kind of negative as well. Show you what I mean. Let me take you, you know, th- this morning, we're kind of going for the, we're going to make a transition, middle of the service. We're going to spend a, w- a week and a half, last week, and then half of this week, we're going to spend in talking about yesterday. We're going to make a transition in this message. I want you to follow me in this. We're going to turn our back on yesterday, and we're going to be- begin to be forward-focused, okay? You need to focus forward because that's where your blessings are. They're not back here. They're up there. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 and 14. Now, this is Paul. Let me set this up just a little bit. Let me just remind you of something. There's, there's some uh, uh, dissension in, uh, you know, in the, uh, the you know, Bible scholars exactly when uh, Paul wrote this. Most say that he wrote it kind of midway through his, uh, his ministry, and then others say he wrote it right before his death and not, not long before his life was over. Either way, it's, it's, it's amazing to me what he says right here because this is Paul. You remember his conversion? He had an epiphany transformation moment, you know, where God knocks him off his horse, blinds him where he can't see anything, but he can see God. And he he gets saved. And then he goes into the wilderness for three years, and God teaches him. And in using that, he goes throughout the Roman Empire establishing churches. Now, that's who this guy is. And then what does he say in verse 12 of chapter 3 of Philippians? I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. With all that that he's done, he said, I still ain't got there yet, guys. That's pretty amazing to me. Okay, that he, ha- he says, I haven't got there yet. I have not achieved the perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection. Uh, let, me, let me clarify a little bit here because we, we have a problem with that word perfection because nobody's perfect, right? I mean, we use it in our advertising, that kind of stuff. You know, so nobody's perfect. So we have a problem with that word perfection. Think about it this way. Completion. Finish. Like a finished product. God's working on us, Okay. This is what Paul's talking about. I'm not yet to that place. I'm still, God's still working on me, you know? I'm not yet. There is a completion, a perfection, a finishing that God wants to do, okay? And so he says, uh, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. The reason Jesus possessed you was to perfect you or to complete you or to finish you. He didn't just save you for your past mistakes and sins. He saved you. He he possessed you. He took hold of you to fix your future too, to finish you, to complete you. We always want to focus on yesterday. He's focused on tomorrow. He's focused on awesome. He's He's got a big, beautiful, awesome dream for you. The perfection, the completion, the finishing of you, okay? So so get to hang on to this throughout this message because this is is what we want to look toward in 2014. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. Okay, if we didn't have the rest of that displayed up there yet, and you didn't know what was coming, if some of you might know these verses, but if you didn't know, what if I had just asked and I said, hey, anybody guess what Paul's about to say next? I focus on this one thing. What's the one thing, Paul? What, what would you guess? I mean, 
I would have dozens of things thrown at me, right? All the things that Paul taught and preached, you know, we would be guessing dozens of things that would be the one thing Paul focused on. But what does he say? What does he say right here? He says, forgetting the past and looking forward. He says, that's what I focus on. I got a past, but here's the one thing I focus on. If I'm going to get to that, it's the one thing I've got. If I'm going to get to that dream, if I'm going to get to that perfection, if I'm going to get to what God has for me out there, what he is dreaming for me, I have to forget the past and look forward to what lies ahead. And he says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. The one thing I focus on is getting there. Forgetting that, getting there. But we just, we just keep focusing on, even, even in our resolutions, we focus on yesterday. And in just a few moments, I'm going to ask you to turn you back on that and, just, and be completely forward-focused. But let me just show you, in our resolutions even. You know the good, all these good resolutions we make at the first of the year and everything? They've already done the surveys to ask people, you know, what were your... So they, they, they know what the top 10 resolutions are that were made for 2014. They've already done the surveys. They had to do them real quick because, you know, we always forget our resolutions in a couple of weeks. So they had to do them in a hurry before we forgot what resolutions we made, right? So here's the top 10 resolutions 2014. Can anybody guess what number one is? Yeah, or is it up there? That's why you knew, right? Okay. <laughs> You expected that one to be there, though, didn't you? But what does it say? I'm overweight. That's what it's saying, isn't it? It's pointing back to yesterday. I've been eating too much, and I'm overweight and everything. That's what it's saying. What about number two? Get organized. What's this? Say? It's saying, I am disorganized. That's what these, these first two, the, the top two New Year's resolutions made, or yeah, they're about tomorrow, but they're focused on yesterday. Man, I was fat and messy, and I got to fix me this year. That's what they are. They're focused on yesterday. Number three, spend less and save more. Because I've been doing the opposite. I've been spending more and saving less than I should be doing. I mean, it, all of these, they're pointing back to yesterday. Number four, enjoy life to the fullest. Nah, because I haven't been in doing it, right? I haven't been enjoying life to the fullest. I've been doing other things. I've been too busy with work or too busy with a, I want to enjoy it. It's still, we're still thinking about yesterday and, and comparing it. Number five, stay fit and healthy. Finally one that doesn't say yesterday it talks about, to, uh, except they are thinking about like I've been healthy and fit. I, I'm confused about how this got in the top 10 in America because to, to say stay fit and healthy means you've got to be fit. I didn't think there were that many people in America that can make this in the top ten and say they're going to stay fit and healthy. But at least, you know, here's one that is really focused on, you know, we're not talking about, even though there may be some semblance of that in the back, you know, that, yeah, I hadn't met, but these are saying I'm staying fit and healthy. Number six, learn something exciting because my life is so boring, right? I mean, why, why would we say that? except for the fact that everything I learned in 2013 was boring. I went to school, but it was boring. You know, I, I, I learned a new trade, but it was boring. I thought I would love doing this the rest of my life, but it was, I want to learn something new. Still, looking back, number seven, quit smoking. Yep, that's definitely about yesterday. That is about a bad habit I want to get rid of, get rid of my cigarettes, get rid of smoking, breaking a bad habit. You know, whatever your habit is, it's still looking back to yesterday. I want to break what yesterday was. Number eight, help others in their dreams. Finally, one that is about tomorrow looking forward, and it's altruistic as well. I mean, you know, this is, this is finally a good New Year's resolution, and it's number eight. 
<laughs> you know, there's seven ahead of the best one. There's number eight that is finally there. Number nine is uh, fall in love. Think about it. What are people saying when they say that? I thought I had the one. And we didn't make it through the year, so this year I need to really fall in love because I obviously didn't really have love. Or people are saying, my biological clock is ticking, I better hurry up and fall in love and start having kids while I'm still young enough to play hide-and-go-seek without having a stroke with them, right? And so, you know, I need to fall in love this year. It's still looking back. And number 10, spend more time with my family because I hadn't been doing that. Look at all of these. At least eight of the ten top New Year's resolutions are about how bad yesterday was when I'm looking forward. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Is that even when we are looking forward and planning for the future and planning for a better future, we are still looking back at our past, looking back at our mistakes, looking back at our sins. We are still yesterday focused. We need to become forward focused. You, you, you will never see it. You'll never receive it if you're reverse or yesterday or past focused in the early certain. Now this, the, I believe God gave me this, but sometimes I think y'all, y'all believe that uh, as long as I got human confirmation of it, maybe yeah, God did. And you know, I'm okay with that. Word, word of God says in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Well, I got three this morning. Okay. Me, God said this to me. And in the first service, I said this and Chris, our, our, one of our counselors in the church was in the, said, Chris, I need a testimony back there. And he started nodding his head as I was saying it. That, yeah, you're right on. And then Roe was in the second service. He runs a recon, uh, a, a, a recon ministry or a, um, a rehab ministry uh, and counseling kind of thing here. And I asked him, and he was nodding his head. So I got some confirmation here. So listen to this. This, this is important. This is, this is a secret about you you may not know. That if you focus on yesterday trying to build your tomorrow, if you're still thinking about yesterday trying to build your tomorrow, you will constantly fall into the same traps you fell into yesterday. You have to, and the, both of them nodded their heads, okay? So that was confirmation. God gave me that one. They said, yes, that's right. Because they both know. If you will constantly fall in that unless you, we need to turn our back on our yesterdays. You know, if, it's, if you're a child of God, you ask God to put, put all of your sin under the blood, and that's, that's done. Forget about that. You need to turn around and start focusing on tomorrow. Anybody know who propaganda is? Y'all know propaganda? No? Do you? Do you know propaganda? Jason Penny for the rest of you. Uh, He's a Christian rapper. And I didn't figure most of you would know, especially people my age or older, you know, would know who propaganda was. Jason Penny said this, and you would not expect to get anything deep from a Christian rapper, right? Come on. You probably would have done better if I had just said Jason Penny, right? Before I even said, but he said this. I don't don't know about you. This is deep right here. There's no rewind, only redeem. There is no rewind in life. We constantly want to rewind. We want to go back. And don't you want to go back? Isn't there something in your life you wish you'd go back and just live that moment and change a decision, change an action, change something you did? We constantly think about how we could fix this. Rewind and get back to something, some big mistake we made. Some people have the false assumption that if they, if they could get back here and figure out what they did wrong, okay, now I understand what I did wrong. Now I'm going to come here I'm going to do the opposite or I'm going to change and, and, and that this is going to fix it. No, the problem is the mistakes that you made way back here and all of that, they have created a whole other set of circumstances, bad and good, but a lot of bad stuff now that you have, and you can no longer live your life from this point on because you're in a different point as from that. There is no rewind, but there's something better. It's called redeem. And, you know, and I think I know what redeem means, but I, 
I, I, means, but I looked it up anyway because I just, and you know, I'm glad I did because there was a whole lot more there than I was thinking in my mind. Redeem means to buy, get, or win back. It means to free from captivity by ransom. It means to release from blame or obligation or debt. It means to exchange for something of value. That's what Jesus Christ did for your past. When you said, I'm a a sinner and I got sin in my life and I want you to wash my sins away, that's what he did. He didn't didn't say, now let's rewind and let's let's fix all this. No, he he doesn't even fix it. He's not about fixing your past. He redeems your past. Oh, it's so much greater, so much bigger. It's so much more awesome. It's just like he just wipes it away. Let's start all over and go on from here. That's what he did. He he bought you back. He, He got you back. He won you back. You were created in the image of God. You were were born in innocence and perfection, yet because of sin, you were separated from him. But now because of his blood, he bought you back. He got you back. He won you back. Uh, He freed you from captivity. You're no longer captive to this stuff. You know, quit thinking about it because you're no longer captive to that. He paid the ransom with his own precious blood, paid all of it, and because he's paid for it, you're no longer captive. You're free today. You, if, you, if, you will, if you will turn your back on yesterday and focus, begin to focus forward and start looking toward what God wants to do, you'll no longer be captive to that. And he released you from blame, obligation, or debt. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. But you ever messed up? Now listen, I know you've all messed up, okay, but, but uh, hang on here. I'm going somewhere. Have you ever messed up? So bad that you, it was, oh man, this is gonna be one of those 20 minute repentance prayers. Like, God, oh, I gotta, you know, because you mess up a little bit and you think you're gonna pray, you know, I gotta pray a couple of minutes, you know, and, and get this straight with God, and, you know. But then sometimes, man, you mess up so bad, oh, I'm gonna, oh, you need to pray about 20 minutes because God's gotta be really mad at me over this one. I really hurt somebody really, really bad. And, oh, man, I'm going to really have to pray over this one. And, and you go and you apologize to that person you hurt or whatever. And, and then the next day you think about it again and you start praying about it again. Oh, God, I, I was just so bad. and everything. Have, you, have you ever done that? And then you just sense God saying, are you still talking about that? I don't know if that's ever ha- ha- that's happened to me. And it was like, I just feel so bad. I want to pray and ask God, forgive me again. And, and God's like, I've already handled that. That's redeemed. It's past. I have released you from the blame. I've released you from the obligation. I've released you from the debt. Don't talk about it anymore. I mean, I've, I've had God tell me that when I, I want to pray about a sin that I committed years. God, I can't, you know, some of those that you just cringe when you think about stupid stuff that you did back younger, you know. And God said, I've, that's, in your, that's in your past. It's, I'm not thinking about that anymore. Let's don't talk about it anymore. That's what he's done for us. And, and, and exchange. He exchanged busted, broken people for something awesome and value. If you could see in your spiritual eye and look around this room, you see, you look around and you think everybody's kind of got their act together but me. But if you could look around, you would see broken, busted, destruction, scars, redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the difference. When you see, when you see people that have it all together, you know, the difference is they don't have it all together. It's just all in the past. <laughs> and it's redeemed by Jesus. So today, right now, this moment, let's turn our back on yesterday. If you've got sin that you need to deal with, deal with it. you got something you need to apologize for this afternoon, go make a phone call. But other than that, 
remember what he did for you, but they turn your back on yesterday. It's time to start looking forward. How, how, how do I do that, Pastor? Can I tell you? I, w- I want to tell you. I want to tell you some things to do. And, you know, since a, p- a few people said, I tried that last week and it would work, Pastor. If you'll try this, it'll work in 2014. And here's what you're doing. Next week, I want to tell you about what God, how he's going to make the difference for you in 2014. But we got to, I told you last week, it begins with me. I got to do some stuff. Today, I need to finish my part. And the first step of that is turn my back on yesterday. I'm not thinking about, I'm not dealing with that anymore. God does not live in my past. He already exists in my future. I've turned my back on that. I'm ready to go. And now I'm going to do. And it's more than the superficial New Year's resolutions that we make to lose a few pounds or to have a little bit of money or to get a better this or whatever. It's more and it's deeper than that. If you really want 2014 to be different and if you want Jesus Christ to make the difference in 2014, it's going to begin with you right here. Turn your back on your past. And this year, you need to do some things. And the first thing is do something. Have you ever said, don't just sit there, do something? Have you ever felt like, man, I'm just dying sitting here, I need to do something? Exactly. That's why some of you were dying in 2013 is you weren't doing anything. And I, and I, I don't mean to be heavy-handed here, but let me just remind you, you are gifted. You haven't, if you've been around 2911 very long, you've heard that. Every single person is gifted to do something awesome for Jesus Christ. Let me tell you why. The reason is because years, years ago, when you were being, when you were being formed in your mother's womb, Jesus was already looking down the road to this day, this time, this year. And he was seeing people that are hurting, that are now around you. He was seeing people that are around you that are hurting. And as he was creating you and forming you, he was putting talents and gifts inside of you. And even personalities, you know. Some of the personalities, you know, that kind of get on your nerves a little something, those aren't by accident. I know you look at that person next to you and you say, God didn't do this on purpose. Yeah, God did that on purpose. He did. He, he made you just like you are because he was looking. When he was forming you, he was looking at people that were going to be around you. And he was creating somebody that would be able to pour into them like nobody else can. And so now that's who you are. And you're connected to those people. You're involved in their lives and everything. You're all around them. And guess what? If you don't do... If you don't use that talent and gift that God has put inside of you, guess what? Then that person that Jesus has had in his mind and on his heart for all these years is going to continue to hurt. They're going to continue to struggle. They're going to continue to die because you're the one that he gifted to reach them. Wow, that's pretty heavy. Then we need to use the gift. And that's the real reason we need to do that. But I'll give you a selfish reason to do it too. I'll give you a selfish reason to get busy doing what God has called you to do is because that's where, that's where you're really going to find the difference. It, it, you see, all of our New Year's resolutions, except for that one, you know, was about us. i got to fix me, fix me, fix me, fix me. And God says several times in his word, most specifically, Jesus said it. He said, if you'll stop worrying about yourself and worry about what I'm worried about, I'm going to take care of all your stuff. Now, you might not recognize that paraphrase, so let me give it to you wait, wait, a little closer to the way he said it. Right? He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. The way I paraphrase that is, is if you'll quit worrying about your stuff so much and start worrying about what I'm worried about, I'll take care of your stuff. 
one of the best things you can do in 2014 is say, God, who have you put me here to help? Let me, let me, let me challenge you. You are passionate about something. Do what you're passionate about. What are you passionate about? You're passionate about something. Passion, you have passion about something. I know some of you say, yeah, football. Okay, then do a small group for football, okay, if you want to. But I'm talking about really deeper than that. Even those of you who would say, I'm passionate about football, you're passionate about something even deeper than that. There's something that when you watch the news on TV that just tears your heart up, or when you read a particular type of story on Facebook or online that just rips you apart, there is something that you want to fix in the world, something you want to change in somebody's life, something that you're passionate about. What is it? What is it? I'm expecting an answer, okay? <laughs> right now, I'm, I, I'm, I'm asking, the, I'm expecting an answer, not out loud, but just in your heart right now. What are you passionate about? Then do it in 2014. It's, a first, it's the first step. Whatever you're passionate about is a passion that God put inside of you. Do it in 2014. Don't take no for an answer. Don't, don't, don't look to your past and say, well, because no. Do what you're passionate, passionate about. Whatever you put there. Don't, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm glad you're here so you can do what I'm passionate about or do what 2911 is passionate about because let me tell you what 2911 is passionate about. Our passion is to help you do what you're passionate about. That's the passion of 2911. That's what we're here for. We're not here and we got a bunch of things that need to get done, so come on, jump. No, we're here. What is your passion? We want to help you fulfill the passion. Because when you start doing that, ministry happens. Souls begin, lives and families begin to be changed because, and your 2014 is different because now you're fulfilling that if-then where you're beginning to do his kingdom stuff and he's taking care of all your needs. Number two, connect regularly with others who are on the journey. This is a journey, right? Paul was on a journey. He wasn't done. It's not show up on Sunday and it's over with. No, I'm a journey. It's a journey. If you're not on the journey, you know, go find you somebody that's not on the journey. But if you're on the journey, find somebody that's on the journey with you. Connect with people on the journey. Like we're doing this right now. This is important. We need to connect with people who are on the journey. We need to connect regularly on Sunday mornings. And, and, and when we do special things, like uh, a little over a week ago, Dave and some of the ladies helped her pull off a, a ladies' prayer breakfast that they said was awesome. I don't know. They didn't invite me because I'm not a lady. But, you know, the rest of everybody said it was awesome, you know? And, and that was connecting with others who were on the journey. And small groups... Yep, small groups coming up two weeks. Yep, I know you're tired of hearing the same verse, same song over and over and over. But you know what? You say you want 2014 to be different. If you want 2014 to be different, guess what? You need to do something different. You need to connect with others on the journey. And a small group is it's the most natural way for those who are raised in this culture to connect with others on the journey, to really truly connect. You need to be, because when you don't do that, you're going to derail the journey that you're on when you're not connected with others on the journey. You know why? Back to that first thing right there. Because just like you were gifted to pour into somebody else, there is somebody else in this room that is perfectly gifted to pour into you. You need to connect with them on a regular basis. And until you do that, you are going to, str you're going to struggle because you are walking the journey by yourself connect regularly with others. Number three, is it pray more? Yeah, pray more. I'm not taking for granted that everybody's praying. I checked the stats. You are. 
you know, uh, not, not our stats, but I, I'm talking about the Pew Research and others. Uh, I think uh, Scranton uh, University did, did this one. Uh, I don't know, they did the resolution one. But Pew Research, I think, is this one. 87% of Americans pray. 87%. And, and, and in the Bible Belt, it's got to be higher than that, right? More people in church in the Bible Belt, so it's got to be even higher. 87%. So I know you're praying. You know what's really interesting in those stats is that it, uh, among agnostics and atheists, Six percent of them say they pray every single day, and I want to say to what, you know, but but they do. It's like, and, and that's crazy, isn't it? But we're already praying. Pray more. Paul said, "Never stop. Pray without ceasing." I've used the illustration so many times, but all it means there is stay in constant conversation with God. You know, and I, I use the illustration like, you know, walking down the street with your best friend or something, and you get back home, somebody says, where you been? I say, oh, I've been walking down the street, you know, last hour and just talking. Does that mean that you were talking the whole time? That one of you, your mouth was rattling the whole time? No, you might have stopped and tied a shoe. You might have taken a phone call, but you were kind of talking all the way. That's what Paul's talking about. Pray constantly. Stay in communication with God. Constant conversation with him so that he can speak to you. Turn off the radio every once in a while. Sometimes you'll hear God say, hey, turn off the CD for just a moment. You know, shut it down and let's, I got something to tell you. When you hear that, my goodness, by all means, shut it down. You know, don't waste the opportunity. It may be that he's not there the next time. Say, man, I'm getting harder and harder to talk to you. Listen to God. Pray more. Pray more. Thirdly is uh, read, read regularly. Okay, a couple things up here. I gave you this a long time ago, and I hadn't in a while. I went, there's an awesome app. If you want to read the Bible on your smartphone, this app right here is the most awesome. Bible. Just, just search Bible. Look for the one that is livechurch.tv. This is, this is a church that set this up totally free. Every version you would want to read, if you've got a favorite version. And a lot of them are audio where you can actually get it started playing, lay it down in the seat of your car next to you. And just take off down the road and listen to the Bible being read to you. You can pick a you know, whole, lot, whole lot quicker and easier than those old cassette tapes your, your grandmama used to have, you know, that she would listen to the Bible on, right? So right there, awesome app, okay? But then also is uh, www.bible.cc. This is not, let, me, let me tell you why I've got this one up there for you. I'm not saying read more of the Word. I'm saying read regularly. I'm not saying, you know, if you read once a month last year, read twice a month. I'm not talking about how much. I'm saying do it regularly. You can read five chapters a day and get nothing out of it. If you're just saying, whoop, read five chapters. Read it again next, tomorrow. Read five chapters. You can do that and get nothing out of it. What I do in my study is I read until God jumps on me. And then I kind of, oh, we got to sit down here. Sometimes I read one verse of scripture and it just destroys me. And I have to just sit down there a while. And I got to read it again and again. And then I got to read another version I gotta, get, I gotta get, you know, what's this word mean right here? And I gotta read a commentary maybe, you know, and just see what they say about this and dig a little deeper. That's why I gave you that www.bible.cc. When I get one of those verses that is just chewing me up inside and out, I go to that, that uh, website there, bible.cc, and, and it, it lists the, that verse in all these different versions. And I can read all those versions and kind of really get it in my head. And, and the commentaries are at the bottom telling you, here's what this word means, here's the, you know, just to get all these opinions. And there's also, there's also if, if you get real advanced in it, there's also Greek and Hebrew text right there. You can look into it. I, I mean, give me that because I, I mean, that's what you need to do is you need to start drilling, drilling down a little bit deeper. It's not so important how much you read. It's important that you do it regularly. 
and let God speak to you out of it, which is kind of like number five, is practice being with and listening to God. Like I said last week, power down. Like I've said a couple times here, power down. Give God opportunity to speak. Mike Breen jumps all over our toes right here. He says, we are addicted to and obsessed with the work of the kingdom, but with little to no idea on how to be with the king. We know all about kingdom, but a lot of us just don't even know the king. Can I tell you something? This is very important. You need to get this. You need to hear this. This is very, very important. Jesus Christ didn't call you to a kingdom. He called you to himself. He doesn't care that you know it. He doesn't doesn't even care about the kingdom work. He cares more about you knowing him. Know the king in 2014. Get to know the king in 2014. It'll make you get involved in kingdom work. That's not the goal. The goal is know the king. Last thing, real quick. Take responsibility for your own spiritual walk, your own spiritual life, your own spiritual health. Take responsibility. When I was in fourth grade, my fourth grade teacher said she, she wishes we had caps on the top of our head. You know, the skulls just kind of screwed off. She could just pour the stuff in, screw it back in, send us home. I wish that a whole lot on Sundays too. <laughs> I just pour it into you and you'd get it and you'd go, I can't do it. You have to take responsibility yourself. Can I tell you one of the things we need to, we need to do in the United States of America? is we need to quit worrying about what it looks like. We need, and I don't mean on the outside, I mean even the inside. We need to quit worrying about what we look like to others. And we need to start giving more care and concern to what is really there inside of us. Because we're all about other people's perceptions of who we are spiritually. There's only one we need to really be worried about, and that's the king. That's the king. Spend time with him. Take responsibility for your own spiritual life. And it involves all, the, all these things. These are the things, though. And look, those, those bleed over. These are our, most of these are our spiritual disciplines. Things that we do. And when we do these things, they make us stronger. They, and they set us up for what I'm going to talk to you about next week. God's difference that he's going to make in you in 2014. But we got to do this first. And I can't do it for you. You have to take responsibility to do it yourself. I want to ask you, if you will, to stand and come to the front. Let's close. I want to tell you a secret about 2911, if you'll come to the front with me. Secret about our church. We can't fix you. You were just way too messed up for us to fix you. No, I'm joking. That's not what I mean. (laughs) We can't fix you. That's not our vision. You'll see it nowhere in our mission statement. We're not here to fix you because we can't. We do everything we can. We're really hard at learning how to point you to the one who can. That's, that's this message. Is take responsibility. Do it. He wants to fix your 2014. He wants to make it awesome. He wants to complete you. He wants to finish you. He wants to perfect you. He wants to bring awesome dreams into your life. Let him do it. Is it this area right here is not magical. There's nothing about it that is magical. But, you know, just like a a little bit ago when we were singing songs and Spirit of God was just, oh, just letting us know he was here. Oh, it was awesome. And and so it's good to come and do this one more time. But it doesn't have to just be an hour and 15 minutes one time a week. 
take responsibility for yourself and let this happen all the time. You know, I've thought sometimes, Jamie, y'all need to put some of these some of these songs on a, on a CD, you know, so we can hand them out or, you know, MP3s or something. So we hand them. And I thought, yeah, and then you know what we do? Instead of listening to Rush or, or, or uh, Fine Bomb or something, you know, we'd be listening to, the, to Jamie and the worship team, you know, and, and which would be better, but still we'd be getting into that maybe and not hearing God so much. And that's why a lot of times, you know, you hear me say, don't start singing until you finish praying. This is not just about singing the song. This is about being with him. Being with him. Take responsibility. Jamie, go ahead when you can. Bow with me right now.